Two rival comedy promoters happen to live in the same sleepy town in Norfolk. Rather than be at each other's throats competing for territory like crap Colombian cartel leaders, they have joined together with the aim of banging on about UK comedy scene through the lens of also living in an idyllic English market town. Stand by! This is it. It's time for episode number 52 of the Promoter Mouse podcast. Hello, Pablo. Hello, Kai. A year's worth of podcasts this will be. Yeah, completed it, mate. I did some sums, Pablo. Oh, I? I had a bit of time on my hands and I added up all the minutes for all the episodes that we've done. 60 hours of Broadcasting we've done. And that doesn't count all the unbroadcastable chats. Nope, you can double that. Wow. And a bit. Yeah. So, you know, a good 120 plus hours of us talking shit. Jesus. It's a wonder anyone's still there. Hello? Hello? Is there anybody out there? (laughs) You still there? (laughs) (laughs) We're like like that guy who um, who, who, who was in the... Jungle, and he thought the uh, Vietnam War was still on years afterwards. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what, have you, what have you been up to this week? On Friday was Victorian evening. Oh, we went for a pint, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. saw, I saw a bit of it yeah. as I drove down. Yeah, I got dropped off by my stepson, and uh, he was lamenting that people were stood in the road. For, for the non-local uh, listeners, of which there are many uh, in our village where we live, there's something called the Victorian evening where people basically stand about. Uh, that's pretty much it, isn't it? Standing about. They do, yeah. In so, the some, road. some people dress in, in Victorian clothes. But that's what they used to do in Victorian time. Buskers and stuff. Yeah, there's people looking for horse shit in the street, to, you know, people, with a shovel. Yeah, yeah. People just um, getting the plague. What else happened? I had a gig on last Thursday with yeah. Andy White and Ashley Freeze. Very good. At the Bear and Bells. Really good. Lovely. Yeah. Meanwhile... Whilst you were doing that, at that exact exact time, I was eating a ropey Afghan kebab in my car. But you, you know, like you've got grey squirrels that have taken over the red squirrels and you don't get many grey squirrels. In Tunbridge Wells, that's happening with the kebab shops. It's hard to find a Turkish kebab shop. They're all Afghans. Well, they've all got barber shops now, haven't they? Well, the Turks? Yeah. I think you'll find their Kurds, mainly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So like, they've been uh, taken over by uh, other nationalities. Wow. But, but in the... Uh, yeah, in Tunbridge Wells, the the grey squirrels are the Afghans and the red squirrels are the Turks. You, you, you can't get old. That's why the kebab wasn't top notch. Do you think? Uh, do you think it's like uh, the Turks and the Afghans? It's like the skew wars, skewers. That's quite good. Let's do the next bit. <laughs> <laughs> I've been imagining winning the lottery. You know, when on Monday morning you have the conversation, you must you must have done this. You go into the, your place of work, and we've got a um, syndicate, and we've won £2.50 between five of us or something. <laughs> but anyway, the, the real value you get from putting on a lottery ticket 
is just the notion of actually winning. So we had this lovely conversation about, wow, would we, what would we do? Would we leave our employer in a lurch if we all, all got twenty million each from the, uh, you know, the jackpot? And we were thinking about it, and I thought, no, I wouldn't leave him in the lurch. I would, I'd work for a bit and make sure, like, you know, that the, the, they were all right. And, you know, you still need a reason to be. I mean, I probably wouldn't do my job forever. But, yeah, I wouldn't leave him in the lurch. But the one thing that struck me, I thought, I probably would make it my life's obsession to find some Piri Piri and Thai Curry tin mackerel from Morrison's. Ah. I, I just want to do it. And if I could approach Morrison's to persuade them to get them back on, then, then I'd do that. Or... Uh, I would employ someone to go around and buy the remaining cans if that wasn't a goer. And, and I'd just have them piled up. I'll be quite honest with you. After last week, I have ha- had a look. Would you say you eat a lot of that fish, or you have done? Yeah, yeah. Right. Lots of it. Yes. Now, I've got to bring it to your attention, because whilst looking for tins of that fish, they've I've, got I've, a high content of mercury in them, mackerel. Yeah, I did, I did think that, that's my, maybe why they're taking them off the shelves. They do. Yeah. And maybe it's too high because yeah. people like you eat them with gay abandon. <laughs> with a big tash. <laughs> Do it like Freddie. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm glad they've gone because, you know, you, you might feel better. Less, less like a, a raging homosexual with a good vocal range. Well, that's what mercury does to you. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure that is one of the effects. Yeah. Uh, among other things. I'll tell you what else I've been doing, Kai. What have you been doing? I've been uh, I've been sharing podcasts and reviewing them because I'm considerate. You know, you know, I I, I don't like to freeload the uh, podcasts. Yeah, you that, sent me a few. Yeah. Some really good ones. Yeah, and I, I just you know, you, you can't be everyone's Patreon. But what you can do is you can leave a review and you can share it and say, this is really good, give it a listen. You know, if you're tight and you can't be a patron, you could at least do that. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. That's Can't. nice, yeah. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah. What's your contactless app about? Well, that contactless app, yeah. you remember the one that I robbed myself with last week? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I used it for the first time at the Bear and Bells. A carload of uh, people turned up, about eight of them. Um, there was another, like, four or five walk-ins, yeah. and I held out my phone, and they tapped in, and they were absolutely blown away by it. And he was blown away by taking their money off them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. You've got no excuse. Oh, I haven't got any change. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. Yeah. That's Give it. me your card. <laughs> it was yeah. exactly that. Yeah, Just yeah. tap in. People going past, flashing their phones and their cards. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Do, do, do you know when Chip and Pin first came out, and you had to sort of remember your number, put it in? You had, to, you, had to, you had to push your card in and press your number. Remember that? Oh, when you always had to push it in. Yeah, yes, and then yeah. when that first happened, I I, re- I was outraged. I th- I thought that was a real affront. I, I just didn't like it. And I didn't like the fact that, that people could look over your shoulder and see your number. I was really, really outraged by it. You know when you when, when you use your card in shops? Yeah. And when as you put your number in, the shop assistant often looks away. I never used to do that. I used to like to see what their number was. That's basically like a financial kind of upskirting, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it's absolutely yeah. that. Oh, is that, your, that, is that your year of birth, is it, madam? <laughs> yeah, you're older than that, love. We 
haven't, we haven't really acknowledged the fact this is, oh, no, we did, 52, a whole year. Yeah. Yes. We, yeah, yeah, completed it, mate. Well, we have. By, we, the, by the time we've done this one and it's been edited. We haven't missed one. That, not even COVID could get in the way. Not, well, there was no, oh, yeah, I had COVID. Yeah, had yeah, it, yeah, 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 I had COVID. That was a good episode, that. And what else? And not even your honeymoon could get in the way, mate. Yeah, yeah, we, we cobbled something together, rather you did. I'm, I'm amazed, actually, that we've done a year. Yeah. I would have said a few months, see how it goes, or even weeks, you never know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see a lot of podcasts that you go, oh, they've made a podcast, and you go on it, and they made about four, and that's yeah. it. That's all they've got. And you think, oh, that probably didn't go as well as they this thought. This is why I wanted to do it uh, with you, so to speak, because you are just round the corner. Mm. And, um, like, you, you would think that we're very different people, but we're not. We're both mad enough to run gigs for a start. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah it, it, I mean, it's cracking. So we both run gigs and, and live round the corner from each other. And yeah. it's it's easy. We just sort of... You know, locking one night a week. It hasn't been hard, and and praise be to Mrs. Kai and Mrs. Pablo for, for putting for up, up with it. Yeah, because yeah. Uh, it does take us away for a good few hours. Do you know why they've been putting up with it? They're essentially really nosy. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They're going, oh, all right. Well, he never told me that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, did he? Two pints at the <laughs> yeah. King's Head, was yeah. it? Okay, right. he only told me one. He was only nipping out for coffee. We had a pint. <laughs> mm, did he know? <laughs> Not only why, the ca- why it was cold, he told me. <laughs> he told me I had to wait for ages. <laughs> <laughs> You've put on Praise B, real fires in boozers at Christmas. Love it. Don't yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've been been to a few recently. There's a few around here, but uh, there's a pub in Norwich called The Coaching Horse. It's just around the corner from the assembly rooms. And uh, me and uh, Mrs. Pablo nipped in there at the weekend. And uh, I just, I was a bit hungover, right? a little bit, because I had a bottle of wine the night before. So not so much hungover, sort of cloudy-headed. And I was doing a bit of Christmas shopping, and we got a bit out of the way. And, I, and we was going to get something to eat. And the missus was, like, naming all these restaurants. And I'm sort of rolling my eyes and su- suggesting pubs. And we and we went to one pub. We didn't like the look of it, so we came back out again. And then we went to this one, because we'd been in there before. Lovely roaring fire. Two pints of Guinness. Properly at the spot. I thought, this is perfect. Yeah, and well, a nice open fire we're talking. Yeah, 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 yeah. And do you ever like like to stick a log on on it, give it a poke? Do you know what? I've, I don't mind that. I've never confessed this before, but I have a strange compulsion to piss in, a, in an open fire. I've never actually done it, but I can't... Well, I've done it lo- camping. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It's the best time to do it. Yeah, well, I've, I've never done it camping, you know, because all those bits, you know, coming back towards you wang. But um, I don't know, just an open fire in a house. I always fancied having a piss into into one. Oh, no. I've never done it. Well, I've I never done it. Yeah, it's not supposed to. It's not. I've always, I always find it a fascination. I could do this. I could do it. Why? Wow. Well, go. Um, the White Horse has an open fire. I like to make dreams come true. I'm like the Jimmy Savile of the podcast world. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle, fix it. Will it smell? No, well, it's not. Give like... it a wash before you do it. <laughs> <laughs> You've put. Tough crowd book. Yeah, I have. I, have. Um, I listened to a really good book called Tough Crowd, and it's a controversial book because it's by a controversial person. So so there's a, there's a chap, um, I think he, he used to live in Norwich, but he's a, a, a renowned writer, and he's the writer of Father Ted, Graham Linehan. He's got himself into a spot above over the years, and we mentioned him before in the pod, 
uh, for uh, asserting that um, gender is not a social construct and arguing the case for um, uh, safe spaces for women and and that kind of thing. It's the trans debate. He's got himself full on in the trans debate. And this, the book itself is a tale about how he got himself into it and how he lost everything because of it. But the first half of the book is really good if you're into writing because there is some absolutely fantastic tips and insights into his writing methods and what he considers. It's absolute gold, this guy. It really is. Okay. As if you're into writing. I've, um, I've said once before, and I've, I've written, helped, a part helped write a screenplay. Uh, so I'm sort of fully on board with the uh, um, a, lot, a lot of the machinations. Say fully on board. I'm not. I'm fairly new at it. But listening to this guy, next level, complete genius. Then how does somebody like that end up getting embroiled, basically in the world's biggest ongoing Twitter war, and then end up losing his wife and everything else? And this book is about that. And it's okay. it's from his point of view. Well, his first bit is about how he he's, he's writing and everything else, and then the second part is how he got embroiled in this uh, this controversy. And it's a real cautionary tale, in my view, and it's definitely worth a listen. Right. Mm. Is he still cancelled? Uh, well, his book's a bestseller. So, okay. Well, that's, a, that's something, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, his book's a bestseller, so he's, he's doing all right from that point of view. But he spent five years writing Father Ted the musical, literally five years, and it was fine. And it just got to the point, uh, the, the, the ongoing argument went fever pitch such that the plug, plug was pulled. Weren't they going to pay the, him something? They were going to pay him £200,000 to take his name off it, and he, and he wouldn't do it. It's just a matter of principle. I That's can't nuts. Do it. Yeah, well... You well know, they were worried the, that his name being associated would, yeah. would put people off of going to see it. Was, is that it? That, and people were refusing to work with him and all of that. Wow. Did you think, I mean, literally, he's, it's, it's such a toxic argument, but I think there's so many toxic people having the argument, and it, and it becomes really frightening, and it, and it gets hysterical, you know. You should be able to sort of assert that gender is not a social construct without it being offensive. What does that mean? Because, because there are people who are saying that uh, being male or female is something that you choose rather than something that's decided above, uh, from your physiology or your chromosomes or, or the number of knobs you have, i.e. one. Mm. And not funny. Yeah, we've, we've, we've gone over this on several... Yeah, exactly. Badly, but, 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 but yeah, exactly. But look, to have the argument is one thing. Have the discussion, but to be cancelled because of it, mm. like, it does seem a little bit crackers. Yeah. But but it, what, if you know that's coming down the line at you, why sort of stick with it? But the interesting thing about this book, I thought, was that he um, he gave the reasons why he stuck for it, and that's that. That is a really good. Uh, no, as I say, it's a really good cautionary tale, and I like to understand people and understand that, uh, what makes them tick. And, uh, yeah, I kind of sort of felt for them a little bit. And, uh, but I do understand there are people who are you know, very protective of minority rights, as they should be. But um, as with ever, all of these things, the first victim is nuance. And, and then we all end up arguing over conflated issues and falling out with each other because we haven't really defined the boundaries or what what the terms actually mean. And one of the first things he said was that we haven't defined what trans 
is maybe he should have said that at first rather than going to war with the rest of the world who disagreed with yeah, him. Yeah. But like a good starting point is always, well, what are we actually talking about? And then try to get to the bottom of that because, you know, a lot of the time. Where does ambiguity people tend to just fall out, I think? Is it so bad that we could get cancelled just for talking about his book in favourable terms? Mm. Um, well, it's a bestseller. Mm. Uh, could it be? I mean... Um, I mean, I'm not going to take it out because that might happen. It, yeah. it would be ridiculous. But if anybody is that sensitive, do you think they would? Do you think they'd be going, I'm not listening to this now? Well, that's the point. If people would hear his name and just go, all oh, right, OK, you're on that side, and then just end it. I'm like, I might not be on that side. You don't know. You no. don't, I've not said where I stand on the debate. But the reason why I want, wanted to mention it, because it is a cautionary tale, and you should be able to have a civilised discussion about something that you, people might disagree with you on, as long as you're not meaning any ill intent when you're, having a com- when you're having a conversation. It's quite selfish, though, isn't it, to think that if it was me cancelling someone, that my opinion's the only one that matters, and you can't have an opposing view on this because it's... It's more than selfish. It's, um, it's, it's delusional, and it's um, full of grandeur. It's like you, it's like you think you're the uh, total authority and everything. You might mm. to, you've got to accept that you're wrong a lot of the time. I'm always wrong. Or that there is an area in between where there is kind of a, a crossover. You can have an extreme view. I could have an extreme view. But somewhere in between, it's like, okay, well, where the two meet, yeah. uh, you've just got to kind it's, of approach it, it like an adult sometimes. Well, that's the point. On the internet, um, all the bell ends float to the top. And they have their arguments. I don't know why he decided that he was going to be cannon fodder for everybody else whilst we're still working out how to bloody talk about it. That was a bit... Well, I do know why. I could sort of have listened to his book, but I'm still puzzled. I know it wasn't a good thing to do. It wasn't a wise thing to do, but I'm sure he probably would have gone about it slightly differently, although he says that he wouldn't. You've put Saddam Hussein. Yeah, yeah, big up to Saddam Hussein. I'll tell you what it is, right? It's not Saddam Hussein. I've been listening to a podcast. It's not one that I've shared with you. I'm not praise big me. Up to praise, praise. <laughs> yeah, what, what a lad. <laughs> but um, I've been listening to a podcast, a series called The Real Dictators. Um, and they've gone through all your favourite dictators, yeah. and the latest one is Saddam Hussein. And I listened to the the latest episode of the Saddam Hussein series today, and some bizarre things. I mean, it, because it's fairly recent, and I remember, I remember it getting reported on at the time. Um, so it's quite present, like with Hitler and stuff. That's a bit sort of far off. Like it's almost like it's. Well, it's history. It's like isn't it? history, isn't it? it? Is. Well, suppose Saddam Hussein is, but it's like within my lifetime. Yeah. I, I, I was an adult at the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, but one of the f- couple of strange takeaways was after he was caught, he was held uh, captive by the Americans, and mainly he was sort of interrogated and interviewed and sort of held within uh, the, the confines of these quarters by like eighteen-year-old and nineteen-year-old lads, and apparently. For the two years whilst he was on trial and he was, like, in his cell, he built, built up a really sort of genial relationship with these young lads 
and they ended up getting on quite well. And apparently he had a decent sense of humour. And it was like, you know, he'd made little jokes about stuff. Like he'd say, he'd have an exercise bike, and he said, I'm off to ride my horse. I'd pretend he was riding his horse and stuff. He's, you don't, you don't, I mean, over two <laughs> years, right? I mean, he ended up getting hung, right? Yeah. But they, they handed him back to the authorities, and, uh, uh, well, he was being trialled by the, uh, the then Iraqi authorities, and he ended up getting hung, and it was actually televised. And, and I don't know if you remember, you could see it on the internet, which is horrible footage. But um, No, but I all, haven't looked that one up. But all of this stuff about him sort of actually getting on and all right with the uh, the American GIs, that's fascinating. It's mad, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just shows how many like different sides to people's character that he had. Was you know? he quite charming then? Or maybe he just knew it, the game was up? Um, he was... Well, I, 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 I can't. <laughs> they were sort of saying he was a bit charming. In yeah. today's episode, was Saddam Hussein a charming man? Well, very often psychopaths are charming, aren't they? Right? Yeah. You know what I mean. So that is that is one of the tick boxes. Yeah, yeah. Do they have superficial charm? But like, apparently, he did have, and he was, and he got on really well and built up decent relationships with these young lads. So that, yeah, that's a. Yeah, I just wanted to put that in because I found it fascinating. Nice. He had a he had a he had a garden. He called it his his backyard, but it was just basically a slab of concrete with some weeds coming out, and he enjoyed watching the weeds coming out. Weird, isn't it? And but like, scroll back about eighteen months earlier, he was like he had about twelve different palaces with gold furniture oh, yes. and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, some really nasty stuff went on, and it's like you know, I'm not I'm not saying he wasn't the shit. I mean, he was. He was all right. Bastard, obviously being a dictator, but just that bit you don't hear, do you? Well, you've made him sound like one of the nicer dictators out there, you know? Yeah, you've you've painted him in in quite a nice light. I've given you one aspect of his life, right? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, apart from... What what did he actually do wrong, then? Massacred a load of Kurds. Oh, oh, did he? With with, um, chemical weapons, did that, yeah. It it, it, it it chopped your tongue out if you were caught, got caught bloody saying anything against the regime. That doesn't sound like the Saddam that you just described. No, it doesn't, does it? <laughs> <laughs> Support Kai and Pablo by becoming a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash promoter mouse. L- listeners, um, we should just say, for that, we've cut it out so this will sound like we're just carrying on talking from the last bit but we've just actually been talking for a good 40 minutes to the patrons and uh we had a we had a lovely chat we had a lovely time didn't we and the patrons are going to get that edited by me so i won't be as careful as kai so there might be some stuff in there that might get us cancelled but you can only cancel us if you become a patron and listen yeah that was good yeah, absolutely, for £4 per month. £1 a week. It's a pound a week. Now, we've been doing this for 52 weeks, right? Yeah. And so some of those patrons... Give us a pony or a, a monkey. Of, yeah, have, have actually... Yeah, monkeys are about 50, isn't it? Yeah, some, I think so. Yeah, we've had about a monkey off of, off them. Um, I don't know where to put all these monkeys. Here's the deal, right? Why don't you pay £4, sell up your direct debit... Four pound, it's only a pound a week. Absolutely ransack all the stuff off there, and then cancel before the next uh, time the money comes out. Just leave it a few weeks. Just leave it there because other stuff might go in. Then cancel before it goes out again. They'll forget. They do forget. Yeah, that's fine. 
so yeah, that, that's a really good idea, actually. Yeah, just so for four pounds, you could just check in, and if you like it, you can stay. If you don't, just go and then cancel it. But they would never care about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> The thing is, though, you know, those guys up in uh, the hot water ones, they go, they could go, yeah, sign up to the Patreon, you c***s. And people do. Yeah. In oh, the yeah. fucking tens of thousands. Yeah, that's, that's our problem, Guy. Our, our listeners are intelligent, discerning uh, um, people. You Direct know I mean? debit forgetters. <laughs> oh, no, you're not, you're not. You'll remember, trust <laughs> us. You'll remember. Uh, it's now time for comedy rumours forward slash shit housery. Uh, You've put Christmas gigs. Oh yeah, well everyone's been banging. I haven't put any on. You you've put a couple on. There's quite a few people lamenting on social media about Christmas gigs being really difficult. And it's, I thought it's probably worth sharing with our non-comedy listeners who, who who probably don't understand the phenomenon of uh, Christmas gigs being really fucking tough dues for promoters. Oh, I thought you meant tough uh, as in not many tickets. No, no, no. Uh, like, comedians and promoters find Christmas gigs really difficult. Well, one, because they are a hard sell. But if you're selling well... You're often selling to a lot of people that don't want to be at comedy nights. Yeah. And a lot of people that don't really know how to behave at comedy nights because it's the first time they've been dragged to one. So yeah. consequently, they're a fucking nightmare. And, and if you're friends with a lot of people in the comedy world, your social media uh, scroll feed, scroll feed, is that a thing? But um, yeah, you know what I mean. Just becomes a whole litany of people having yeah. nightmare fucking gigs at Christmas. The reason often is because somebody's organised an office party and they've said, let's go out, we'll have some food and we'll watch some comedy and, you know, everyone gets on board. Gets wankered. Gets wankered. There's only a couple of people who actually are in there for the comedy, it's just part of a night out, and they were, they were now wankered in a room where everyone sat facing the right direction. But yeah. it's not, but at Christmas, it's not just one group, like a yeah. stag do, yeah, it's yeah. several. Se- several at Especially the same in time. the big clubs. And people who haven't learned the etiquette, like... A, a, a comedy club because if you go on your own with everybody, everyone else is on board with the etiquette, you kind of sort of slip into place. But if you go with all your work colleagues, half of them have never been to a comedy night, and there's somebody who thinks they're funnier than everyone else when they're not, it's just a recipe for a complete fucking nightmare. Yeah, I don't tend to get the problem in the small pub gigs because it's usually a regular crowd. It yeah, not many yeah. offices are booking their comedy night out in my gigs. But some of the bigger clubs, they should be paying them danger money. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And, and you, you tend to see late on a Friday night, because Friday night's the worst. So fr- the Friday's in December. Straight always, after work. Pe- people just let loose and they, they knock it back. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and you see these comedians <laughs> almost having meltdowns on social media about what yeah. they had to put up with. And on a Saturday, they're, they're, you know, they're going to home base, they're... Visiting the nana, they're taking the kids to McDonald's. They're having a relaxed day. Mm. Friday, it's like fuck yeah, it's Friday. Let's get it down, us. You know what I mean? And then they're out. Let's gobshite all over this comedy gig because they they've equated a comedy gig as something just a fun event where they can blurt out shit. But it's obviously it's not that. I compared. It was a bar Havana, I think it was in Plymouth, yeah. and it was a Christmas gig and. There was a really nasty group in, you know, just proper, would not shut up, and it, and it was just stressing everyone out. It was only teachers, wasn't it? Last day of term stuff, yeah. you know, big group of teachers. Yeah. 
a bit like policemen, I think. They can be yeah, the worst. Yeah, yeah. You'd think they'd be the better behaved, but suddenly the gloves are off. I've got a theory with teachers, and you, you being a teacher, you might, you might be able to tell me if this is right or not. But a lot of teachers have never actually worked anywhere else other than a school. Uh, so I don't think they're socially rounded. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, I've worked with lots of people, and they went school, then they went GCSE, A-level, degree, yeah. PGCE, and then got a job in a school. They've yeah. never been out of a classroom. Yeah, exactly. So, and I think you get a group of them together, they really don't know how to behave. I, I've seen that a lot. It's true. Yeah, it Some have been institutionalised. Yeah, well, that's what, <laughs> exactly the word for it, yeah. 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 Interesting. Yeah. Then they become publicans. And some of the... <laughs> and some of the... Worst. The Mouths Podcast with Kai Pablo. Don't read this bit out. Is this a new feature, Pablo? <laughs> yeah, don't read that bit out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right, so this, this, this episode's a complete shambles. No, it's not, Pablo. We, look, we've got some great stuff coming up. It's a shambles. It's a beautiful shambles. Why is it? Let's this go is with number it. 52. Go with it. Listener, will there be a fifty-three? Is the question everyone's got. On it sounds list. like a complete stru- uh, shambles, but the structure to this, the absolute structure. Yeah, yeah. I think it's because we took the week roundup. We we moved it. No, we we merged it with the opening preamble. <laughs> Listeners, we've got a bit called opening preamble. Yeah. <laughs> how's how's that for a look behind the fucking curtain? <laughs> Parking like a twat in Loddon and Shedgrave, in brackets, the Go local bit. bit. Yes, we went out for a little drinky poos, didn't we? We went to the Swan. Went to the Swan in Loddon, and uh, it, it was a... Uh, Victorian evening. V- Victorian evening. But nobody tell, told us that last... Uh, was it last Friday? Was it Friday? He was, wasn't it? Yeah, I f- there was a Bellend convention in the Swan. <laughs> yeah, it was last Friday. Yeah. <laughs> or at least... Oh, Your just... face, mate. Uh, we were sat there having a quiet drink and a chat. Actually, quite a, quite a nice chat, yeah, important yeah. one. And fuck me, what was he on? There was some bloke... There was a guy in there, basically. Just wouldn't shut the fuck up. Would, would not shut the fuck up. Really loud. I mean, he, he, he was like a shit town crier. But then when you went to the bar, because you couldn't sit there anymore... Yeah. And you went, and and I said, if he sings that fucking song one more time, he was just going over, and it was a birthday song or something, oh, wasn't it? And I'd, But loud and piercing. And anyway, you went to get a drink, and then he found a baby, and he was just going, <laughs> at the top of his voice. And the baby was laughing, which was his signal to do it more. And I'm like, if you fucking... And I came and I said, mate, I think we'll come through here. Kai, you were talking to me, mate, and and he just kept bellowing out over the top. Yeah. He was on the other side of the room. He was so fucking loud. And it was like... And all the people around weren't kind of bothered by him, were they? Oh, they must have been armoured. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, bell ends. And then you went to the bar, and there was another bell end side of the bar being a dick splash. Yeah, to with, the staff. Yeah. Moaning about the... Uh, the it was like the busiest night they've had in probably a year or something and there were some glasses in front of this guy and a guy was well it wasn't just a guy if i said his name there'd be people listening local who would go i know him yeah Yeah. he is a bit of a knob yeah Uh, but he was just just being very um entitled and a bit rude to the bar stuff busiest it was three deep at the bar i was i was gonna say something to him but i thought (laughs) i don't trust myself to say anything to this guy without it turning into something horrible. So I just, just shut up and just went somewhere else. Yeah, probably probably wise. I mean, he, he's not, you know, he's a nice enough geezer, but, um, yeah, he, he was having after a, a few he was, drinks. He was having an off night, I think. 
Well, would you look at that? What's that? Seagull News. Seagull News. Seagull um, News. Is this, Pablo, the final Seagull News? Surely not. Oh, I tell you what, listeners, if you want us to keep Seagull News, write in and tell us. Kai's very easily swayed. Honestly, he really is. But he, he's, uh, he's thinking Seagull News is for the bin. Let us know what you think of Seagull News. Do we keep it in or not? Seagull News. It's now time for Seagull News. Seagulls could be alien spies sent to watch us. UFO expert claims. Nick Pope is a UFO expert and once worked as a government advisor on alien issues and now he has spoken out to say that seagulls might actually be extraterrestrial spies. A UFO expert believes that seagulls could be alien spies sent to Earth to spy on humanity and honestly it makes a lot of sense. Nick Pope, who worked as a government advisor and investigated UFOs for the MOD, urged people to be distrustful of of greedy gulls. He said that besides stealing chips and ice creams, they could pose a more serious threat by collecting evidence for an advanced alien race. Nick said that aliens could be using the birds to survey us and send secrets back to their mothership. Nick said, If aliens want to hack into and control a living organism or construct a drone, that's a perfect mimic. It would be best to choose something ordinary, like a seagull or a housefly. But all the time it would be spying on us, recording everything and sending information about it back to the alien homeworld. If aliens are secretly monitoring Earth, they'll be doing it up close and personal. Not with distant telescopes, but a way that would enable them to get crystal clear images and recordings right under our noses. A related alternative would be to construct drones that are indistinguishable from an animal, a bird or an insect. If that sounds like science fiction, it isn't. There are some real-life cues out there for sure, so just imagine what an alien cue could do. That's amazing, isn't it? Mate. Wowee, that's, you've brought that to my attention. Yeah, yeah. You just don't know what's You know when knows. you're not thinking about something and somebody makes you think about something and then you go, whoa, I'm thinking yeah. about that. Well, I tell you what, we should let people know that we... Uh, we chatted the living shit out, out of that in the Patreon episode that they're not listening to because they're too tight to buy up with £4 a month. Now, had you let me hear that first, I might have had some better input because now my mind is open it's for business. It's open for, yeah, yeah. It's a proper seagull orientated. Is that how desperate papers are now? It's all clickbait stuff, isn't it? Seagulls, man. Seagulls are clickbaity. People love seagulls, especially alien ones. I'm not sure we should get rid of it, Kai. Anyway, listen. Well, let us know. Yeah, let but, us know. Don't you on an air, guy? Um, let us know. Um, fucking, you don't see Ant and Deck do that, do you? What? Fucking yawning on air. I thought you wanted us to keep it real. Keep it real, but don't be yawning. Don't, you know, I don't see if farting. Well. <laughs> Opinion horse. You've put. Yoko, oh no, or Yoko, oh yes. That's right. People have been watching the old, I haven't seen it yet, The Beatles Get Back, is it? Oh yeah, that documentary, that came out about two years ago. Fascinating thing. I've heard it's amazing. It is, yeah. Uh, Still talking about the old Yoko Ono. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Some say she broke up the Beatles. Some say that Paul McCartney was, was complaining about Yoko Ono being in the studio when he was sat next to Linda in the studio yeah. <laughs> and complaining that his missus was in there. And it just got me thinking, what do you reckon? Did she break up the Beatles? Should she be vilified? I mean, she can't sing. That is a fact, right? No, she can't. But no. did she break up the Beatles? Was it Was it her? McCartney um, has since gone on record and said it wasn't. But he's a bit of a gentleman. He might have just said that just to make, you know, a lot of the water under the bridge. Well, she, she had death threats and everything, didn't she? she has a lot of people. Of I think what he was sort of saying, the first stuff it was, is that she was in that place round about when the Beatles got, uh, when they sort of drifted apart, which people do after length of time. The people grow up differently, don't they? Um, and she, because she was in that place and uh, she was John Lennon's second wife and she was ever-present, uh, people were, like, uh, much maligning her. I don't think she did. And I've seen her interviews again, and I don't. she, she doesn't strike me... Yeah, she, she's a bit crackers and a little bit delusional in what she thinks what people might find acceptable to listen to when she opens her mouth in terms of performing. Yeah, I don't think she split the Beatles up. Their period of creativity was so intense for so long. Mm. I, I think they they just run the course. Yeah, I think people wanted to pin something on them, didn't, yeah, didn't they? As with all these things, people need a villain. And if you're a bit mental and sing like... Um, like somebody standing on a fucking dying cat, then, uh, you know... I can't tell these days whether it is her singing or whether somebody's just made it up, but there's one with Chuck Berry. I've seen that, Fuck yeah. me. Yeah, I know, it's awful. <laughs> and, and even Chuck Berry's face, he's like, yeah. what the, what the fuck what the is going on? Yeah. We're a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got to put that in the thing. I've seen that, it's funny as fuck. Did she break up the Beatles? Oh, no. Was she an annoying singer? Oh, yes. And you've put, should we book Graham Linehan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Graham Linehan, we've mentioned before. Oh, you talked about his book earlier. Talked yeah. about his book. But he, he, he's he got connections to the local area. I think his children still live here. Mm. So he's often here. He's doing stand-up. He's he's he needs a place to do stand up, um, and we'll struggle to find a place to do stand up. He'll struggle because the, the the comedy fraternity sort of really railed against him, so he can't really get a gig except for places like what's that place in Bethnal Green called again? Unleashed yeah, comedy, comedy unleashed. unleashed. Yeah, they'll put him on and they'll get a bit of attention about it, and they've got a reputation for uh, putting on more edgier. Uh, acts uh, acts that have been cancelled elsewhere, let's say. So what you're thinking is maybe offering a platform well, well, for him to do his comedy. I was thinking why it kind of goes against the grain that it, sh- it should be such a pariah uh, for having an opinion on something. Um, would, would you then become the promoter that supports his... Trans views. He doesn't even talk about it in his comedy, does he? Doesn't even talk about it in his comedy, and I don't. I don't want to get into that trans debate. No, but but, exactly. but I, I kind of think this is the guy that wrote fucking Father Ted. 
You know, it's 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 crackers to me. And I saw a bit of a clip of his stand-up. He wasn't bad. It was all right. He obviously needs to put more time in, and he said that. Um, but it just strikes me as a complete anathema that if I was to put him on, A, I'd probably struggle for other acts to come on with him, possibly, or they'd want to be not seen on social media, a lot of them. Yeah. And it could actually damage my reputation in the in the comedy industry. It could. And and it, I could also get trans activists trying to bloody get me cancelled, lose me job and all Actually, sorts. Actually, didn't think about that, yeah, because... Because they're, they're, they're quite forward. They would come out in force, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. More than likely. It seems to be the way they're treating him. It's a real risk. So, are we cowards? Are we cowards or are we... Well, no, I don't think you're cowards. If you support one side, then that's bad. Or if you stay on the fence, that's also bad. Because if you know, if you just say, well, I'm, I don't want to support yeah. either side, yeah. then you can lose friends over that because yeah. you're not supporting me. Therefore, it's very difficult and similar to this. You know, he, he, what do you do? He thinks that he start, and you know, I can see, I can see why he thinks this because I've listened to the book, and he's described it in great detail. But he thinks he's standing up for women's rights. And uh, and for children who have effectively been, um, they've had a gender change at an age when they weren't really old enough to sort of make that choice in mm. an informed way. I mean, kids, you know, they they believe in Father Christmas at the age of eleven. They shouldn't be on, on drugs to stop the puberty. You know what I mean? I teach quite a few young, very vulnerable young people, and they've often got all sorts of other issues with their learning and and all sorts. And you do notice that they, this isn't about gender now, but they they fantasise about different things and they change. They want to change their name often. Mm. Um, they'll be called by a different name. Sometimes the boy might want to be called by a girl's name and vice versa. Yeah. Um, that, you know, they have various imaginary jobs and things yeah. like that that they totally believe is real. These And some of these children then also start to look at sexuality in different ways. And those young people, they're not quite, you know they're not quite fully rounded, and they they change like the weather sometimes. Yeah, of course they they absolutely do, and and they get and and a lot of the uh, kids. There's a high proportion of kids that have uh, um, wanted to uh, change over sexes that were or are uh, autistic because there's something about the. <laughs> autistic kids get real fixation on one well, particular thing yeah, yeah. yeah so th- th- there's a high proportion so he's sort of saying don't give them um uh, blockers to stop their uh, adolescence the other side is um people think that people were born in the wrong body and they should be given help to uh, become th- their true selves in inverted commas right that's a skill of thought um, i'm suspicious about that I'll remain open-minded. I'm extremely sceptical that that's the thing. I'm also sceptical about the timeline that's just suddenly become prominent. Yeah, it didn't it, used to happen, did it? Didn't, didn't used to happen. Yeah. And, and people say, oh, it's because uh, we're, we're more accepting now. Don't Do you know. think the internet maybe has a factor yeah. in that, where they yeah, see yeah. this happening? Because they, they see it on their timelines and they think that's the, that's the extent yeah. of the world. And you have a product of what you put in your mind, but don't get carried away and chop your knob off. Oh. That's that's my advice. You know what I mean. It's Pablo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're we're giving out more advice. Yeah. In 2024. And well, I, I think I think I'll, I'll lay my cards on the table. I think I should be able to book Graham Linehan. Should I want to without recourse? Do you want to? 
I'm not half tempted. I am half tempted. Will, will you? Will you make that call and take the plunge and maybe kickstart things and and show people that it's not so bad? I don't know if that would completely ruin me. I'd like you to do it first and I'll see how it goes. <laughs> it's more pure gym shit, right? Two bloody young ladies in pure gym yesterday. Yeah. Right. I'm on a treadmill, knocking out a 5K. Yeah. I'm knocking out a quick one. And then in front of me, in front of my treadmill, they then set up a tripod, put their phone on a tripod, and start fucking performing in front of it and dancing Fuck around. That shit. And I'm looking at them thinking, what a pair of knobs. Then I realise they're filming with the mirror behind them. So guess which dickheads on their fucking TikTok fucking streams no. whilst they're smiling like goons and prattling around in the middle of the gym for their TikTok fucking videos. Mate, I'm sorry, but gyms need to get a handle on this. <laughs> well, yeah. There that... should be a blanket ban on phones yeah. in the gym. There should be, yeah. Filming in the gym. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's, 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 it's insane, isn't it? Nobody wants that. And, and, and like, this... this there's guys, I told you this, and it's, it happens more and more, guys in the changing rooms, yeah. like flexing in front of the mirrors whilst they're taking pictures of yeah, themselves. Yeah. I come out the showers behind them. I don't know how many times my fucking moves have been on fucking, fucking Instagram. bum lords. That's yeah, what they are. Exactly. Look at my muscle. There was a guy yesterday, I came back into the changing room, and it's, he, he was eating his lunch. He was sat on the bench in front of the lockers, and he decided to, he had his sandwich, his fruit bowl, and he had a meal deal. And he sat there looking at his phone with this roll of food. You could tell it was a meal deal. And he's just got headphones in. And he sat there eating his fucking lunch in the men's locker room. Why the fuck would you choose that as an environment to no. eat your lunch? On the subject of food, right, I'm yeah. going to stick this in there. I, I'm not a big fan of bakeries that have these bins that you get the tongs yeah and it's all yeah. open to the elements yeah especially when you go in one like a garage or a co-op or whatever and it's just all there yeah yeah right by the open doors where the road is yeah, yeah? and all the wind blows in you're like oh it's two o'clock in the afternoon or something that's been there for like five hours and what's more like people walking I was, past i was it. in Tunbridge wells yeah right a bakery so a woman pick up something put it back down yeah. again and walk off fucking with her hands yeah, that's it yeah, I mean, it only needs one balance to do that. Yeah, and I was in a place recently, and they had this little sort of uh, Christmassy thing going on there. And they had some free mince pies, free buttered scones, yeah. yeah? And the bloke was talking to me, and as he was talking to me, Milk a little sprays. bit of spit came out <laughs> onto the things. And then everyone was like, oh, I might have a scone. I said, trust me, you don't want a scone. <laughs> you don't want one of those. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, so... Should we put that in the bin? Yeah. Cover up your food. Put it in a... I don't care. More plastic. Stick it all in a bin. God, I feel better after that, can I? Yeah, Yeah. good. Good, man. Should we plug our gigs, Pablo? Yeah. January the 5th, a dirty dozen in Chadgrave. January the 25th is going to be at the Bear and Bells with Pat Monaghan. That's going to be great. And Steve Day. Feb 2nd and 3rd, Arthur Smith. Yay. In Chadgrave and Halston. February the 17th at the bank in I. Oh. Shaftofwit.com if you would like tickets or information for that. There might be some discount codes as well. Well, I'm going to promote my gigs because uh, gig tickets make brilliant Christmas presents if you don't know what to get. And uh, at wcbcomedy.com, you can get for the 8th of March 
tickets for Stand Up in Southwold with headline at Gary Delaney just had a sellout tour with Darius Davis MC and Glenn Wool on the bill with Mary Burke on the possibly <laughs> and and <laughs> on the. Uh, 5th of April in Woodbridge, Sean Walsh headlined Stand Up in Woodbridge with MC Ben Vanderveld, uh, Sol Bernstein, and Gareth Webster. The same lineup, the same night at Stand Up in Southwold, Southwold Art Centre, except Karen Bailey MCs that one, and they're, they're all on WCBcomedy.com. Get, get your loved ones. Fantastic comedy Christmas present. Very good idea. WCBcomedy.com. Very good idea. That's our gigs, and we've got nobody to apologise to. Yeah, Kai wants the contrition thing to go, and and we we can apologise for that. Well, I didn't say it should go. I said we should only use it when we've got something we really need to apologise for. Like if you know, like if we've upset any minorities. But last week, you. We got to contrition. Nothing was on there. And you said, sorry for being late. I just didn't feel that was... I, I appreciated the apology. But I'm not sure it was worthy of contrition-worthy oh, content. So it's not going? No, we're just only going to use it when we're actually sorry. The Promoter Mouths Podcast with Kai Well, That was a year. This um, is 52, episode 52. Not, a year, not, Kai. Not quite the climax. Fucking completed it, Kai. Not quite the party I thought it might be. Our anniversary episode is next week. Absolutely. 52. High five. Hey. Very nice. Brilliant. Support Kai and Pablo by becoming a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash promotermouths.